Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the uh, uh, fourth to last episode. Oh, well, you're gonna do that? Every Why time? you gotta make it depressing? Oh, we gotta no. keep timing up in the I was like so hyped. We just did the theme song. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, listen, you're, it's Irish Wake style, man. You gotta celebrate this shit. All right, oh. it's been. <laughs> we've let's, done. Let's get drunk. We've done something mighty. So we're gonna do this for four days after the last one. I mean, an Irish Wake is four to minimum four. To I mean, I'm down. Uh, <laughs> we can put it on, quite well. Wait, let's on, let's Indian wedding it because then it's like eighteen to like twenty seven <gasps> days. And sometimes Sold. there's an elephant. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, let's go ahead and uh, I need to get started though. First, before we do anything else, I need to tell you guys about a hero. Uh, his name is Alexander Mead mm. and, uh, he is our newest Patreon sponsor. Oh, oh I have bad news Ooh, for him. Alex. Well, he what? actually, he's going to save some heard, money. Rough day. No, he <laughs> heard about, he heard that we were wrapping up for geek sake and uh-huh. he heard me make the joke about how, you know, like, well, if we got enough, we'd keep going. And so he, and he donated enough to keep the studio going. <laughs> he did not, <laughs> but thanks for he the word. He yeah. did not, but he did, he did do his part and, uh, is a goddamn hero for it. Although this isn't the first time that Alex has been, you know, like there to try to help, you know, mitigate the damage of a sinking ship. Sure. A lot of folks don't know this about Alex because he's aged so brilliantly. He actually took an additional lifeboat to the Titanic. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, they left him out of the movie, mm-hmm. but he, in, in real life, what he did was he he heard about what the Titanic was doing and anticipated it, looked at the navigational charts, figured out which ti- which iceberg the Titanic was likely to hit, and then took a lifeboat and like rode it manually all the way out there. And then when he got there, got onto the Titanic so there'd be enough room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then actually fun fact, the second cello on the band, you the band that goes down with the ship, the second cello uh, took off. He panicked and ran. So uh, Alex, who didn't know how to play the cello beforehand, picked it up, looked at it, well, listened to the guy play, and then joined them. Extra and, uh, boat and all, and she couldn't spare some room on that damn I was going to say, did, did, he, did he make her move over? No, that he would have. Leah would have survived. She he just would moved have. over. I mean, he absolutely yeah. would have if he'd known. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that, I mean, that's, that was the last time that Alex was, was doing that. Uh, he is, of course, uh, a hero to millions and uh, whispered about fervently in the prayers in, in the Vatican City <laughs> and uh, spoken of in fear uh, amongst the darker alleys of some of the more nefarious places of the earth. I'm talking about so Washington, a- Washington D.C. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, so, he's a, so he's a patron now. He he is he is a patron, and we are better for Welcome, it. Welcome, so Alex. Thank you, it's Alexander Mead. Uh, actually, by the way, also one of our uh, folks across the pond. Oh, very cool. <gasps> yeah, yeah. He's. We uh, have international ooh. support. We have international support. Wow. So ooh, we're doing God. better than the U.S. <laughs> It's the last getting episode. Real, I'm getting, I'm getting, getting real, real froggy. Getting real loose in the end here. <laughs> 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 I was going to discuss politics balls, now yeah. as, the, as uh, it winds down. So this is Welcome to For Geek's Sake. My name is Al Sterling. I'm here today with producer Dan. Hey, everybody. We got co-host Liz. Hello. Technical director Eli. Mm-hmm. And we got a full am house tonight uh, uh, back from her spectacular one night engagement at the 11th Street lot. We are pleased to welcome, speaking of Patreon subscribers, the one, the only... J.L. Goddamn Mo. 
the JL Goddamn Mode. Although it's the JLMO.com. Don't put the, the goddamn in there. The JLMO.com. Quick and easy. Thank you very much. Uh, happy to be here. We are so excited to have it. We are, we're, we're talking Star Trek. We're finally doing our Star Trek episode. And, uh, Resident we needed, expert. We needed somebody who knew original Resident series. Resident expert right and, here. Uh, yeah, no, JLMO was the, was the, just, I mean, that was the list. That was the entire list. Who else would we get? Right there. Speaking of folks who know a whole lot about things that nobody else knows about, <laughs> um, <laughs> we are pleased to welcome Tim back on. So, Tim. Hello. Yeah, Tim. Now, Tim, how do you feel about the fact that you are solely responsible for tanking Bitcoin? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> totally awesome. So, so Tim actually was here for, I think, was it episode seven or eight? Uh, he was one of our first the Gamergate guests. episode. Yeah, the, the, uh, yeah the, that was a fun one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was the uh, Tim's honest tips. Gamers Gates and Tim's honest tips. Yeah. it was episode six or seven or seven or eight. There mm-hmm. uh, was was when when we had Tim come on, and then we brought him back on to destroy Bitcoin. Uh, and so now we brought it back here because Bitcoin was rallying. So we wanted to make sure we just no, 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 stop it back down what, in the dirt. Yeah, yeah. What, what, when you when you say destroyed Bitcoin, he talked you into buying fifty. So it went. Yeah. I told yeah. him not to do it in person. <laughs> yeah, which of course meant that I meant immediately you, you went and bought fifty dollars worth of Bitcoin because <laughs> yeah. nobody tells me what to do. You turned uh, that fifty dollars into eighteen seventy one. Actually, let's see here. Uh, I as could turn it to zero if you just <laughs> ask me. I mean, here let's 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 see how we're doing. Uh, let's see. Actually, right now up to twenty dollars and nineteen cents. Ooh. Up to, up to, ah. from the yeah. So you only 50. lost thirty dollars. Yeah, I'm now down. I'm only down no. thirty dollars so far. No, no, it's positively trending. So now he can use the the plus. That's you know. true. We're now up. We're up as compared to. Are you saying the Bitcoin is yellow trending steady? N- no. <laughs> yellow trending up. Yes, it's real. It's actually red trending. Up, <laughs> like <laughs> technically, it's moving upward. Uh, this week in geek, I get to start us off tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon, uh, who you remember we talked about before, Amazon was desperate to try to HBO this shit up. Uh, that's a scientific term for it. Yeah, uh, they wanted they wanted their own Game of Thrones, and so uh, Jeff Bezos, who is absolutely <laughs> I, wa- I cannot stress this enough, the Justin Hammer to Elon Musk's Tony Stark uh, is, uh, uh, is Iron Man two. He's the really yeah. Douche, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the uh, so he has uh, they bought the rights to do this Lord of the Rings series. We know that they were going to focus on Aragon or Strider, so they're going to expand out. They're going to do all this stuff. So what they have done uh, in order to protect everything there is the writers' room now apparently has uh, taped the windows. There is a fingerprint scanner and an armed guard outside of it because all of season one is up on the right whiteboards right there. Yes, yes. We're protecting the writers. It's it's about nobody coming into the room, not about nobody leaving the room until the series is written. That couldn't possibly be what's going on here. Well, and I mean, to be fair, it's not that nothing gets in or out. There's a slot on the bottom of the door where they slide the food under, <laughs> and then there's a bucket that goes back and forth as well uh, a couple times a day. Somebody's going to clean that bucket. So. Uh, have, knowing a couple of writers, uh, I have to tell you that that's not far from the truth. Well, I mean, <laughs> they're going to be paid handsomely uh, for it when it's all done. They're and going to be from paid for it. <laughs> it's, it's all from Whole Foods. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. You're yeah, fine. They've, got a, a, they've got a really impressive cheese section. All yeah. I'm saying is... Dude, Whole Foods does though, legit. Like, <laughs> and that would solve the bathroom problem if they're just all they're feeding them is cheese. <laughs> I think it's going to just uh, transform the event. I just stooped nope. to making a constipation joke on the show. This is where we're going in our fourth or last <laughs> This episode. is what happens. Uh, this is what happens. We, have any, we don't even acknowledge rails anymore. <laughs> uh, so these things are going off. And I mean, you, you want to you wanna be like, dude, calm down. But these things are going off. What are they, a billion? Something, a couple billion dollars or some, whatever it was. Like just an astronomical amount of money that they're spending here each. And if scripts or storyboards were leaked, 
it would do terrible things to the profits and all that stuff. And I mean, Jeff Bezos may have to skip a lunch or something in order to make up for it. Oh, so um, God forbid those trolls get a hold of that script. It would be over. It'd be donezo. No one would watch it. No, I would. I definitely wouldn't watch it if I knew what the script was, (laughs) you know, unless, of course, you've read Tolkien. (laughs) (laughs) But really, where would you even even find that when they were interviewing? (laughs) What's his face about the Hobbit? And they, you know, they like, and like, oh, like, who do you think the hero? And he's like, oh, I think you're like, I think that, you know, like Bilbo definitely has it better than Smog because he outlives him. And they're like, dude, spoilers. And he's like, I, I mean, the, the book's the book. 75 yeah. years right. old. Yeah, I think it's right there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what the statute right. of limitations is, but it's exactly. definitely less than 75 years. I know that you guys years. just discussed that before. What would be the statute of limitation before, before spoilers? I'm pretty sure the Lord of the Rings has exceeded it. Yeah, yeah. we're done. Some, we're yeah. done. I mean, even, even if you just count the Peter Jackson movies, <laughs> you just, even the Peter Jackson movies, like, bro, it's, it's good, man. It's good. Oh man. So yeah. So the fingerprint scanner armed guard now, however, the, only thing I want in this universe is to get inside that room. Oh my God. I just, I want. No, you don't. I, yes, it's I do. Gonna be, it's going it's to be nasty. It's, it's What's stinky. the opposite of it's an escape really room? It's really stinky. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. <laughs> I just want, I want the FGS heist movie to be us breaking into like, not even take pictures, just would, to look would around. Would you rescue the writers or are you going to just, just, no, just I want to see the goddamn doing. series. Oh, like, yeah, I need right? to finish their work. <laughs> don't wanna, bother the writers. Fine. Go do a tour. Just leave the fucking writers alone. You know, go they should like, all have their laptops mounted on, uh, uh, what do you call it? The, the thing? Like treadmills? treadmills. Yeah. Because yeah, all the walking. Dan's not terribly familiar with treadmills. No. Uh, <laughs> no, <I'm> not. <laughs> you know, the one you walk on. You know, the walking machines. Goes, <laughs> people fall on it. No, I, I only go on the ones that move for you. <laughs> right, right. Like at the <laughs> airport. Yeah. yeah. And universal. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. I uh, could see this, Al. You mission impossible and you slap a four geek stick. Four geek sake sticker on there somewhere. Like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. nothing else. You've got to be Okay, but be... wait. But some some one one of us has. You need to mission impossible in. No, no. This is this. Al can do this. I can like, do this. We have a Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> also, the bigger mystery is not who got in. It's who the fuck is FGS. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Because the shows will be gone, and they'll be like, "Who the hell is this?" Uh, this is fantastic. Oh, I love I this like plan. It. I love it. We'll 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 take this no, offline. What could possibly go wrong? Right. Uh, up next, Tim. Speaking uh, of what could possibly you're wrong. <laughs> Tim, you want to you want to tell us about this one? Uh yeah, so you asked me to uh, talk about this article you found about how they've hacked the blockchain. Right, right. But tell everyone how much notice I gave you. Oh, uh, like 3 hours. There we go. All right, <laughs> thanks buddy. Um so I went through the article and it, I mean the headline's a little sensational. Um the blockchain itself was not hacked. Uh, it's actually what we talked about last year, uh, the big weakness of Bitcoin. What happens if someone is able to get control of more than half of the uh, mining capacity for any given coin? Then you can technically cheat the blockchain. And that's what these people did. So well, that or you, you could die and not leave anyone a password. So it's like <laughs> controlling 51% of the uh, the stock. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm the new CEO, guys. Like, do so, as I say. Do you want me to recap how that works? Yeah, I just want to be clear here. So you came on before to destroy Bitcoin and then tell them how to destroy the blockchain. Yeah, you basically, <laughs> and you basically so are an evil genius. I bet you that yeah. that wife of that poor man had the passwords and Tim stole them. That's probably oh, true. And man, why didn't I think it for myself? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was terrible planning on your part. Uh, yeah, so give, give them a real quick recap of, the blo- of what we're talking about here. All right, so when you're mining a coin, um, essentially you're solving a big, long math problem. Mm-hmm. And it's impossible for any one person really with their computer to do that on their own. Except so, for Winnie Cooper. Sure. <laughs> um, 
So what people do is they essentially network their computers together and work as a group. And so a year ago when I was on here talking about it, there were fears that, oh, what if, you know, this group of miners um, gets large enough that they constitute 51% or more of the total computational power that's mining Bitcoin in that instance. Um, and so if you can do more than half, then there's a chance that you could say, I'm going to pay you one Bitcoin now, and then I'm going to go through and use my better mining capacity than you to rewrite the history so that you don't actually get it, and then I can spend it again. And a group of people managed to get 51% of, I think it was Ethereum Classic. Oh, wow. And it's like one of the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And so <laughs> uh. they, they managed to get that, and they, they stole a fair amount of money. Um, but they didn't actually hack the blockchain itself. They just exploited a known weakness in the protocol by essentially renting enough computer capacity to be able to take over that network temporarily. Huh. Where's DJ Khaled come in? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I didn't have enough time to read up on he's, that. He got he's getting he got in trouble for some Bitcoin fraud. Is uh, he the jaw rule? Yeah. Is he the jaw rule of the cryptocurrency? He is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. It was him and somebody else. I forget. It was another hip hop artist. Listen, Ja Rule too was bamboozled. You're right, but okay. he was on. I still I love the idea of Ja Rule on a conference call. That's. <laughs> That's as a man who has had to sit through too many goddamn conference calls. <laughs> I just love the idea of Joe Rule on a conference call. Oh that's, my god! That's all I want in this. It universe. was pretty great to listen to. Oh my oh, god! Oh, did you get to listen to him on the so conference like, call? Yeah. Like it's hyping everyone up, like awesome? we're yeah. going to get through this. People have done worse and gotten over it. <laughs> holla, I'm like, holla. yo, you like billion? You owe people billions of dollars. That's not. He's fine. Yeah. I like your optimism, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Joe Rule. Up next, well, actually. Poor people who got stranded. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Poor Joe Rule, my ass. He's fine. <laughs> Actually, I feel as bad for Joe Rule as I do. For, I feel a little worse for the people who got stuck out there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, up next, who, who, who grabbed Rotten Tomatoes? Me. It was, was me. You. It was me. And I have some questions that I would like to pose to the group about this. Okay. So Rotten Tomatoes decided to remove the option to give like a pre-review before a movie is released. It's there was a would you see it option um, right on Rotten Tomatoes, which following the whole Brie Larson scandal with Captain Marvel that has turned into just a troll fest because people are commenting on movies that aren't even out yet and just destroying them and trashing them and giving bad reviews to a movie they haven't even seen just because of the press surrounding it. Well, to be fair, Brie Larson's a woman. Right. <laughs> and, and we would like to apologize so, for her on that behalf. Thank you. And have you seen her face? It has features. <laughs> or her butt. Features. But they're not, but not, they're not, not the correct features. Not the correct features. And also her butt has no features, apparently. I'm, yeah. Whatever. All right. So well, I heard that Captain America is going to get a butt double. That's that's, <laughs> that's, that's listen, what I heard. That's that's fine. I mean, that's wasn't that here? I heard it from. I actually right? yeah. saw on one video the guy put up a comparison of Tom Holland in costume <laughs> and his ass compared to her ass. <laughs> <laughs> And said there's something wrong with the fact that he has a better ass than her. <laughs> to be fair, Tom there's Holland nothing is wrong like, with that. I just want, like to be fair, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> He's a it was he a ballet dancer? Wasn't Tom isn't Jim, Tom oh, was he really? Oh, Jim gymnast. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, still. That's still yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that makes a fine like, gluteus max. Yeah, dude's been it doing does. glutes for like a long right. time. Well, and I think I think personally, I think that the reason that Brie Larson needed a butt double was because nobody is allowed to be perfect. 
And so <laughs> at something they were like, well, I guess you just, we just won't give her an ass. Like when they were making Brie Larson, they're like, this isn't really fair, dude. Like, all right, no ass. Or there facial go. expressions, Al. Or facial expressions. <laughs> She's or had, appropriately timed facial expressions. <laughs> so anyway, so, so, so Rotten Tomatoes is... Uh, so I would like to equate this. Do you remember um, when we did an episode titled Creeps Can Be Patient Too? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I talked it's about how titles. I was on multiple bumble or I was on multiple dating sites, Bumble being one of them, where the woman has to make the first initiation, and then the guys come out with the you want to see my penis? Yeah. Okay, so it's like if <laughs> Did you wait, did you did you want to see their penis? I never, you up? never wanted to see anyone's penis. Well, I mean, how are they gonna know if they don't ask, Liz? <laughs> Actually, it's an honest question. Asking is like I that's think true. that's first date material. <laughs> right. I'm not, not yeah. on the yeah. <laughs> So do you want to see my penis now? <laughs> <laughs> or in 10 minutes? How about, how about now? I'll ask you again in 10 minutes. Well, wait, that's fine. I can be patient. I can be patient. Go ahead. Groups can be patient too. Right. So if we're removing this pre-review option, are we not just fueling the haters to just like, come on and like wait for the movie to come out and then they're just going to like bring the heat? Yes, uh, but I, but that is only one of several steps that, that Ron Tomatoes is taking to attempt to combat the trolls. Because really, the thing that is gonna the, the the big thing that Rotten Tomatoes has to worry about is really not review bombing; it's relevance. Sure. So if if I know that every movie that I want like to enjoy that involves um, a black person, a brown person, a woman uh, of any color, mm-hmm. uh, or an idea that's different than the establishment. Uh, as far as any kind of a, of a of a established franchise, say, I know all of those movies are going to get review bombed now. Sure. So I really don't give a shit what Rotten Tomatoes has to say. Like currently, that's my that's my stance today, and I think that's a problem so for Rotten Tomatoes. So it's ruining the integrity of what Rotten Tomatoes is attempting to achieve. Oh, did oh the general populace ruin something again? No, no, On no, no. The no, internet? no. A no, small, small portion. <laughs> they were done ruining other stuff. A small portion of people that love the attention and can you know, generate this kind of thing where you've got one troll that, that has about a thousand followers, hundred thousand followers, and, and then they'll jump five percent of those people actually get up the energy to do something about it. And by the time the movie actually gets released, if that's when they're allowed to, they've lost complete interest. They're late. Oh, I'm no. Sorry. No. 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 Unless, unless, it's, oh, unless that, it's a black man no. or, the hate is or a woman. Oh, yeah. No, they're, yeah, these, these, these folks are, these are, I, so uh, uh, producer Dan showed me a video or two <laughs> yeah. of the folks that are that are really upset with Captain Marvel uh, and wow it's that's like I guess the thing is maybe it's because I'm, I'm getting old I don't have that much energy man right, right. <laughs> I'm tired and, and after seeing trolls hitting our YouTube comments I no longer I no longer doubt the dedication or willingness of these guys to like push the envelope or just go infinitely I, deep yeah. you guys True have dedicated trolls at this point no oh my God. No, no we had we, we did an episode where the episode title was flat earth was trending oh and okay. so a bunch of flat earthers got excited and then watched the show and were very disappointed oh. which is and to they, be fair, they have you? they have that in common with a lot of our listeners yeah uh, yeah. so <laughs> But the uh, so they started leaving a bunch of comments and I was very polite and I read through them and I addressed them. Actually, it was last episode yep. and I addressed them. And what was I, I, I believe a respectful enough tone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And then they continued to post when somebody posted after that and I started getting kind of. Oh, snarky. I need to go look at that. So not <laughs> terribly mean. I just started getting snarky and then they nobody else is commenting. So 
uh, from here, I'm just going to get increasingly you snarky because what are you going to do? Not listen to my show? That's, that, may be our, <laughs> oh, no. that may be our greatest achievement with this show. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I was happy about it. Uh, yeah. So, Since we joined YouTube, we've been wanting hate comments. Well, well we have I been mean, wanting we've been wanting trolls for long before we joined YouTube. Right, but you know. But yeah, it, is, it does that's feel where, like that's a, where the trolls live. It's true. Um, 4chan and YouTube. I'm that's true. <laughs> they're, they're no longer under the bridge. They've moved up in life. Yeah. Mm. Well, but and I think a lot of this has so to come. So many more targets. You know. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. but but the really the thing that is going to eventually stop trolls is going to be the loss of anonymity. That's oh, yeah. going to be what eventually does it. I think and that so, we need to develop a feature for every time you type something truly on the internet, a fly swatter reaches out of your computer screen, smacks you in the <laughs> nose, and goes no. But that's the thing. Like the, the video newspaper. I showed you, <laughs> that guy is not anonymous by any means. No. And he's out there talking about he's how. Not, well, he's not anonymous by any means, but at the same time, he's still in the safety of his mom's basement. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> hey, get him, Liz. Hey, get him. hey, that could be his dad's basement. That could that be his stepdad's basement. An aunt, perhaps <laughs> an uncle. I mean, you don't even know. Roommate he's freeloading off of. You never know. Boom. There's a lot of possibilities. <laughs> but YouTube's God, Liz, you've been really, really kind of bigoted this episode. <laughs> As we talk about uh, the guy who refers to them as Womang. Poor, oh my God, the poor wor- white men. The, wor- the weirdest part was he's the Womang. The Woman Is that how you're saying it? Woman, Woman. Yeah. What? I, what? What? That's what? how he says woman. He says this if, guy that he showed. Yeah, Brie Larson doesn't care about you unless you're a Woman. And I had uh, to I had to back it up and make sure because yeah. I thought I was mishearing or maybe was I had he like doing a, it to be funny or was he? Does he just? No, he a does little, it with a very straight face. Is it, was he doing it to be funny or is he a little funny? Yes. Okay. <laughs> He's doing it to be provocative. Ooh, so provocative. It's the only type of basement. provocativeness that's going to come from that particular gentleman. He uses it along with the term social justice warrior. Oh. Right. Oh, right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And moving on. Yeah. yeah. Yep, 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 up next, uh, Elijah, you're up, man. All right. Yeah, finish your meal. Y'all get to listen to me talk. Papa Sabs mm-hmm. downstairs. Want to give a shout out to them and Papa that delicious Sabs food. in the house. I'm eating some delicious uh, flatbread and hummus, Woo-hoo. pita bread. Mm. It's good. I can't stop. I got to eat on the microphone. That's good. Get to enjoy it. He didn't pass it around to the rest of the no, group. Was, I just want to make no mention. No, that was that was not going to be what happened. <laughs> no, no, no. I no. even have one left. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Finders keepers. Hang on. I got to do it. I got to do a drink as well. Okay. There we go. He's going to respect that. Gotta, all right. Got to wash it all down. Ooh, all right. Thank you nice. for the patience. Everybody. Nice. I like that. that was all right. Good. So here's what's going on. Was that the, a delicious Coca Cola? I could tell by that. Mm, you could tell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They each make their distinctive. Right. Right. For Pepsi, it's like. Oh God. I regret that choice. So what's going on? Clearly, we're not looking for any high sponsorships at this point. Okay. All right, let's go ahead. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, no, no, never mind. No. All right, so here's the story. All right, the phone wars are heating up. And, and flip phones are back. The phones are back. <laughs> Samsung dropped sort of their, lay- their latest press release. So they had a big, you know, big conference, and they did a, um, a keynote, a big keynote speech presentation, and they showed off their new Galaxy Fold. And this thing is badass, dude. It's, you know, is it's, it? it's a phone. Right, and then you you open it clamshell style, and the inside is like a full tablet. Another phone, <laughs> <laughs> a pearl. There's it's a phone inside the phone. <laughs> Yo, I heard you like phones. So we put a phone in your phone. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> so exhibit that you know. So is it okay? Because I'm I'm confused by the picture here. So does it fold like book style, or so is th- it? Think of your phone, right? If you just have your phone in your hand. Okay, I have, you my have phone a normal in my hand. screen. Everything I do cool. have a normal screen. And then if it book style opened up, you have another like a tablet. Think of it like Eli's case. Yeah, yeah. but with one Ooh, can... perfect. Dan, you're so good. <laughs> phone. <laughs> 
You open it up and then like, so and one, but one continuous screen. Yes. I think is yeah. the really exactly. the screen folds in half. Yep. I think is the really important. And they talk big about the uh, you know the perf- the perfect hinges. You can open and close ten thousand times. It doesn't wear out. Things like that. So only anyway, ten thousand. At least ten thousand. Well, uh, that will last very long. What do you do the second day you that? own it? Who I was was say, that will like in the seventh grade or through third period, bitch. <laughs> Try again. Who was the guy quality checking that shit? Like one, two, three, four. How many licks does it take to crack the center of your Samsung? Well, I was no- I was noticing on the hinge on the on that video on that image, um, the hinge is covered by the super small. I mean, thin, super thin screen. And um, down the middle of that, the uh, the image isn't connected in the middle. So I wonder if uh, if there's going to be like a a break there. There there is per when I watched the video, there is sort of a break. You know, it's sort of the, the tolerance is very tight. So this is highly engineered. So with the two separate screens, once you open it, they do sort of click con- together. And so it, it is, looks it is two separate screens. Yeah, it's but, not like a foldable screen. But once it's together, it looks like one screen. Like okay. I mean that that one line might be a pixel. That but won't last. It looks amazing. <laughs> well, this will last. So here's here's where the shit goes because Huawei. You mean the the technology won't last, or the no, the screen looking like one screen won't last. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, well, it, this they they Tim ever the optimist. <laughs> no. no, 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 it's Tim the IT guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, I'm sorry, Eli. I didn't mean Don't to bring down sorry. the phone sorry. universe like you did. <laughs> the, the Bitcoin. He's we gonna did. break Samsung. He came for Bitcoin. Yeah. He brings Samsung optimism, but he brings it down. <laughs> right. So Huawei's been throwing shade at Samsung because like literally a day after they released this, Huawei was like, hey, we're doing this too. And theirs folds also. And it actually, it's thinner and it looks nicer. Who is Huawei? But you can't get it in so, America. Uh, Huawei is Chinese phone manufacturer. They're the biggest in China. And oh, they okay. would be the biggest in the world if all the other countries didn't let them in. Like right now, the Trump administration, the FCC, they're all fighting massively to keep them out of the United States. They're also, for the record, uh, one of the ones that's been like at the top of the list of people accused of stealing IP from American companies yeah, that exactly. get stuff built in what? China. Cool. Yeah. So, well, like cool. like Apple goes and gets their phone built in China from Chinese factories, and they're like, well, hey, thanks for giving us all this cool technology. <laughs> right. Let's make our own phones. Huh. Yeah. Which, to be honest, I guess... You know, cool for them. I yeah, mean, right. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, what do you, what did you yeah. think was going to happen? So, you know, right. so like, the, the the fight is so so shade, uh, Huawei threw shade at Samsung, and they just came, they came right back at them because the Huawei phone, it's uh, it's a screen on the front and the back, right? So then it opens up to one screen. Now, think of the implications of that is you know now you you don't have a case to protect the back of your phone like you have two screens that worry about breaking. Yeah, t- putting them both on the outside may not have been the best choice. Which it, putting every, both on the inside yeah. was a better idea. It looks nicer and seems cooler, and everyone's actually saying the Huawei is nicer. But Samsung's like, look, like here's why from a design standpoint, like that shit. <laughs> <laughs> So when they yeah. stole, so when they stole the Samsung plans, mm-hmm. somebody had it upside down. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> somebody had the blueprint inside out. Inside out. <laughs> like, like, somebody was like, like "Doesn't this thing have like thirty six cameras too?" Yeah, it has like one on every. It has basically a camera on every side. It's like five cameras, something ridiculous, five. dude. Huh? And there's no one. No one can touch it. No one's touch it. Nobody. You know, Samsung showed it, but no one has touched it, and it it looks. Freaking Is it, do amazing. they only have one? I'm sure they have more than one, <laughs> but it's just holding yes. up from a distance. You could have one for ninety or for nineteen hundred eighty dollars. Yeah. Oh That's my god, all. I can't. Oh I li- like what? Why? No. Well, nah, only two grand for a phone. I... And some of the what stuff was they that showed off last uh, yeah. iPhone cost. No. It was two grand, no. right? No, 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 no. twelve hundred. Twelve hundred for the top. Everyone end. said that was too high. Wait, twelve hundred for the what? For the top end Apple phone. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm on like a like a twenty four dollar a month payment plan. I got the XR, man. 
Mm-hmm. I have the XR. That's probably why. Ugh, you got the XR. <laughs> what a show. You, you mean that, that that means X reduced. <laughs> I don't even know what the XR is, so I... It's the one that came after the X. Yeah, oh, okay. the 10 reduced. It's a cheaper uh-huh. version of the... I don't know. I'm anyway, just, yeah. so folding technology. So, so Tim, t- talk to us from then from the IT perspective. Uh, uh, what's what, what's uh, going to... It's not going to hold up. Like, in real use, I mean... People are going to drop it. Like that screen's just not going to keep looking good over long. Oh yeah, term I use. can't wait to see the drop tests on this thing. I mean, oh, I have an OtterBox on my phone because I drop it all the time, and I'm a tech person. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> I think it'd be but really. This, the, the, but the tablet screen is inside, right? It's clamshelled eh. inside, so your case protects. I'd break that in less everything. than a year. And on that image, <laughs> sure. that does show that's what a leaf, I guess, or something. The the image is on the outside, so you still have your screen on the outside for well, your it, phone. I think that's part of the case. No, that's your no, that's, that's your standard. That you have a, it's, it's technically three phones, right? You have your standard screen and then two screens inside with that. Yeah, so the yeah. outside of it is still I can just pick it up and it's yep. my phone. I have to and, oh, then, and they debuted uh, they debuted like smart apps. So like you're using Facebook or maps on the front screen, you open it up, it automatically resizes and pops and gives you like more information. Okay. On and the you inside. can be running okay. th- you can run three separate programs and have them all on the screen yeah, at the like, same time. Like Windows. Oh cool. Dude, it's ridiculous. Okay. Like uh, yes the the, the Huawei, yeah. Samsung all that stuff is crazy, but just seeing what's coming. It's amazing. Exactly it is what's cool. coming. And guess what? Apple ain't nowhere to be found. No, right. no, no, no. No, no. Aww. You know what I'm saying? The Apple model is to wait about five years after this. Right. And then and do it better. Then roll it out a little bit better and be like, look, guys, look what we invented. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I did want to ask the IT guy, um, as far as that screen is concerned and how, I mean, paper thin it is. I have been, I've, I've noticed that there's a lot of those. You could like, there's uh, one that you can roll up and stash in a corner if you don't want to watch. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like top end, a high tech shit. Yeah, the TV. There was the TV that does that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. LG has. So is, with really that, nice would that screen be similar to it, or do you? I think would imagine that's probably the same type of screen. Yeah, and you don't think it would last for? Uh, I just think mechanically long? opening and closing it over and over again, yeah, you're eventually going to stress it, and if you drop it, like who knows what's going to happen? Uh, well, here's the thing: the Samsung is engineered with with a, like a very robust hinge. It's actually pretty thick because of the hinge. So it's two screens. When you open it, it sort of comes up and then clicks together. The Huawei is actually a foldable LED screen. It actually mm-hmm. folds. So all oh, those opens and closes. How, does that, how long does that last? That's, that's the, what I'm saying. That's yeah. the question, yeah. So Samsung's going about it with a, you know. Again, just one, two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I we cannot wait. We found next job. <laughs> I cannot wait for one of my. I got a bad wrist. I, I would sign up, but I can't. No. I'm waiting for one of my wealthy single friends to buy one. I cannot wait to see <laughs> when one of my friends without I, children. Dan Cage should be. Oh, right. Yeah. Somebody without kids. Because <laughs> uh, I guarantee you every single parent just sees that thing sliding across the goddamn kitchen floor. Oh, face oh, down. Lord. Yeah. Oh, obviously face down. How else is it going to go? <laughs> I'm 30 and I can't figure out how to not crack a screen. So like, right, right. Good luck. Everyone else. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson will have fun with this and that'll be about it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He's the only one brave enough to not have a case. <sighs> oh my yeah, God. No, uh, all right. What do we get next? Uh, Damn it. DC. Damn it. TC. Um, one of my favorite segments. It's more like <laughs> damn it. DC readers actually. Okay. Because oh yeah, they've been getting pissy. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Tell me the thing. <laughs> you know how every few years they reset mm-hmm. because you kind of have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did their big new fifty-two, and they were like, "We're gonna have fifty-two titles a month," and now they're up to eighty-seven. I think they got Aquaman wrong in the month of January. <laughs> <laughs> That's not anything like Jason Momoa. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, 
but uh, apparently they're going to be cutting their line in by, by more than half. Hmm. Uh, what is what is cutting yeah. the line mean? Yeah. Getting rid of books, individual titles. Okay. So, so Superman, Batman, Justice League, Wonder Woman. Okay. Those well, are the safe ones. Everything else. Pfft. Superman, Man of Steel, The Adventures of Superman. That, like oh, there's multiple. Okay. So they're not of get, each book. Okay. So wait, I'm. Okay, so when you say book, you're referring to comic books. Yes. And then when you say Graphic title, novels. you're referring to episode. No. A speci- okay. So actually, let's let's use X Men as really as a, as an easier example. Okay. Sure. So you've got you've, start start from the bottom and give me comic one hundred and one. So you've got you've actually got, no, we'll we'll go DC. It's fine. Okay, it's fine. Okay, so um, you've got if just for Superman. Uh huh. You have Action Comics uh-huh. starring Superman. Okay. You've got. The Man of Steel, Superman. That's a title. Yeah. Right. That's a title. You've got The Adventures of Superman. That's a title. Yeah. Okay. And each month, another issue of that title comes out. Okay. Of all three of those titles. All right. Yeah, of, of each of those. Okay. okay. I'm with you. Here I am. So what I'm thinking they're going to do is consolidate that down and have one or two Superman books per month. Titles. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Books With and titles being used. episodes or issues. Correct. Per title. Yeah. Okay. There, there you go. go. Which is one of, and and to be and, and to DC's I think credit even mm-hmm. it is incredibly because of what you're talking about. It's incredibly intimidating for a new reader to come in and be like, I want to read Superman. <laughs> well, <laughs> which Superman would you like? We have currently dropping sixteen different books that have Superman in it. Not to mention the uh, the Chinese Superman. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. Are you talking? That's assuming you're talking about that is Clark Kent standard issue white bread America Superman, right? <laughs> not counting any of the issues with your Justice League or some team up book, right. not counting any of the other versions of Superman, mm-hmm. not counting Superboy or Crypto the Superdog or Supergirl uh, or Superwoman or right. any comic books sound exhausting. Yeah. It, I gave up years it can ago. Be. <laughs> it honestly, yeah. I, I was involved you know, Batman, with you've got Detective long. Comics, you've got The Dark Knight, you've got, you've got all these different I'm titles. sorry, I'm from the era of Dick Tracy, okay? <gasps> I, I should have oh. held on to my comic book. You should have. <laughs> yeah. You should have. Should have held on to my Conan the so, Barbarian. So what do you, so, so do you think this is a bad thing? I it's mean, a, it's a DC, bad sign. It's a bad sign for the industry. But isn't this the same thing that DC does every couple no. of years? No. <laughs> To an extent, yes, but this is a direct response to the market shrinking. Uh, Dan Didio actually went on to say that there's unrest in the comic book industry right now and asked retailers not to share their complaints with their customers, but to keep it to themselves to show a higher standard. <laughs> <laughs> to which, because, I'm sorry. Here's the thing. The intellectual property of comic books has never been more valuable than it is right now. Right. The actual print comic books have never been least, less valuable. Also correct. Mm. So if you were hoping to retire off of that death of Superman comic you've been hanging on to, <laughs> I got bad news for you. Well, and that's really the the time when the the value of comics shot down because of overprinting, reprinting, you know, just oversaturation of the market. Yeah. And now that you know digital comics are taking over, and people just are not reading comic books as much because. They can watch the Berlantiverse, and then they can watch, you know, the the DC EU, and they can watch the DC app, and they that, we haven't even mentioned Marvel and the Umbrella Academy, and there's so much comic books in other media for them to digest that the comic book industry itself is suffering. Are you are you a comic reader, Tim, or were you? Nope, never have been. Nope. Okay, then I have no questions for you. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, well, and I but, think I think part of this though. 
part of this comes down to supply and demand. Because, mm-hmm. like, I so I, I have read comics. I've got a I've had a bunch of physical comics that I purchased. I did the, I've done the Comicsology app, which is brilliant. And one of the things that I noticed here was that I was paying something like six bucks for uh, for a brand new run of a comic. Uh-huh. Now that comic has th- 30, 32 pages, I think. Yeah, and th- out of the thirty two pages, you're going to lose about an eighth of it. To uh, ads, advertisements, yeah, advertisements, and you know uh, the title, or, and then you know there's the title thing doesn't actually have anything on it. The you know all that stuff. Uh, so six bucks for what amounts to let's call it twenty four to twenty six pages. Now I can buy a paperback nonfiction, sorry, a paperback fiction book with six hundred pages for about the same price. And they're really now. Granted, there is a huge difference between the artwork and the storytelling that you get from something like a comic book as opposed to something like like a traditional sci-fi fantasy novel. Mm-hmm. You know, those two things are very different. But the value prop there is still, I think, somewhat problematic. You know, and I think that how, there's... how about you can buy a Homer and Guards magazine that's two hundred pages long with four thousand high gloss colorful photos in it for three dollars <laughs> and a comic book is six bucks no no well actually you know, well, because with a comic book you're paying for not just the words on the page you're paying for the art absolutely and absolutely and the collectability and everything else that goes along with that yeah but i think god if, eli if you want it well and actually on the other side of that gq i ended up with gq magazine for a little while and i yeah. literally counted 30 pages of ads before i got to the table of contents now, is gq as bad to men as cosmo is to women no but not Maximus. even close no there's nothing i want to be really clear here there is literally nothing magazine wise for Not men true. that is as bad as Cosmo is to women. <laughs> Literally nothing. If there was, if, if the Ku Klux Klan pr- printed a magazine, it would not be as bad for me as Cosmo is for women. Like that would be bad for you. <laughs> well, I mean, they're not. I'm not on the top of their list of people. Like they're not. They're not thrilled. But, but you like want to be a cover boy, down. right? Yeah, Neo Nazi Digest isn't really. You know, that's not really. Is the overlap of flat earthers and KKK members not as big as you think? I bet. But if I could throw something know. in about the uh, about the writer and the what do you know about book? writing? Yeah, not a lot. I don't. I'm I'm a novice here all the way around. But if you ever uh, if you ever went into the publishing industry, you would find the the inequality inequality there we go inequality of um, the price that you as end users pay right. that actually goes to the artist whether it's the art or the words on the page mm-hmm. or whatever the actual person that came up with that that created that that put that out there gets thirty cents on the dollar. Yeah, I mean Molinari Except- was telling us when doing the Shepherd, he was telling us about that and how uh-huh. how hard it is because he has to upfront pay these artists yeah. and yeah. these writers. Although with, with independent titles like Caliber Comics, Molinari does actually get to see a much bigger percentage overall, I believe, from what I understood. He gets to see an overall percentage, but he also takes a hell of a lot more risk mm-hmm. because he does have to front pay. He has to pay up front for all. And that's how Image works as well. That's right. all uh, uh, these independent creator-owned content. And I right. should and I should and I should clarify that's for a new a newbie, uh, someone right. who's just right. starting out. Yeah. I'm sure that, like J.K. Rowling gets a little more than thirty cents on the dollar. Right. Well, it's <laughs> maybe <Sure>. maybe. <laughs> Clearly, she's hurting for money because she just know. keeps yeah. coming out with all these ridiculous news. I was going to say, there may have been a point where that was true. She, she's fine. <laughs> so I, I, but I do, I, I do think like as a, I think that one of the things the comic book industry does need to do though is to streamline this and make it easier for folks. Yeah. To be able to follow it. Having 17 Superman comics is uh, that's, unnecessary. And that was the idea with the new 52 and with the all new, all different Marvel. Right. But then, you know, that goes a few months and then they decide, oh, wait, we need to tell this other 
offshoot Batman story. So wait, this so I'm so this is a good thing? No. This is a bad thing? It's a bad thing this for the ba- it's a bad, it's a bad thing, thing for the, for the industry. Ra- okay. So, okay, just put some numbers out there. In <laughs> December, DC put out 52 titles. Okay. Uh, okay. In Individual gen- titles. Okay. Right. And then that's an, like, a four-week month. That actually is probably then uh, uh, 50 Batman titles and then two <laughs> other titles. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and January, all, of them, all of them feature Batman's dick. Right, January, they true. put out 87. <laughs> okay. Because, because extra week, I guess. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to be cutting that by more than half. And it says that here that Didio didn't specifically mention it, but heavily implied that Marvel is to blame. Uh, Marvel put out 102 in January and 90 in December. So the problem, so is DC is blaming Marvel for being better for than them? For saturating the market. Ah, okay. Well, yeah. I, the markets... That just sounds like sour grapes to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, are you, y'all, so y'all continuously manage to not make money off of Batman, Superman, and fucking Wonder Woman. And, and, right. and can I... Can I say follow the money? I mean, if DC Comics has just shrunk it down from, uh, let's say, 30 even uh, titles, let's just go with 30, how much less they have to pay for the production of said work. So while the the author is still not getting that much more, they uh, it's still less out of their pockets. Uh-huh. Yes. Consolidation. Well, they did cut their staff, by, I think it was 6%. Oh, corporate greed. You know, they're like, hey, well, let's let's just make more comic books and mm-hmm. we'll sell more. Mm-hmm. Well, p- people are going to oh, buy but then so we many. have to pay the costs for making those and just, selling those. Just the licensing money that they bring in yeah. every month from Batman, Superman and Wonder Truth. Woman. I was going to say, dude, yeah. like they're they're fine. They're printing money. They're fine. But they, you know, still uh, pinch a penny, just make yep. those nickels scream. Yeah, I think I mean, they're just trying to create scarcity at this point. Mm. All right, that is going to lead us into our main topic. So, two hundred and four, right? Two, yes, two hundred and four damn episodes, mm-hmm. and we have never had Star Trek as a main topic. Oh, I was like, there are way more than two hundred and four episodes of Star Trek material out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, a little more, uh, <laughs> slightly. Well, not but, even a Trekkie, and I know that. Al, come on. Uh, but over <laughs> over the the two hundred and four episodes we did, I mean, we've talked about Star Trek plenty of times. Sure, uh, especially Discovery. But, Right. We talked about Discovery several. We talked about that, that time that the guy was it like somebody stabbed somebody else over Star Trek versus Star Wars. Yes. yes that was great. That was, one, that was a personal two, favorite. Two best friends. He was like, Yoda's cooler than Worf. And I was like, nuh-uh. <laughs> Shake. That's, that's awesome. Just so, that's so awesome. Anyway, uh, not for the guys who got stabbed uh, or the guy in jail now, but still, like from our standpoint, it overall was theme kind yeah. of. So, so here's what we're gonna do, guys. If you are not, uh, I, and actually, Trekkie, uh, I'm actually, <laughs> or Trekker, uh, Trekkie refers specifically to next gen. Uh, Trekker is re- referred to as original. Uh, the original series and nerd is what you refer to fucking all of us. Oh, that yeah. was so, that's uh, the worst thing I've ever heard, and that ultimately <laughs> makes that like just immediately makes me just dislike Star Trek fans. This <laughs> is the deal. Like that, that like it. there it is. Like that is like a level of up your own ass. Okay, I, 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 I am. <laughs> so so here's what we're gonna do here. Just wait, Liz. It's gonna get so much better. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're it's gonna cool. love this episode. <laughs> I, I have I have been subjected to this attitude all my life. I mean, listen. I I love Star Trek, and I'll be honest. Okay, that's so a little douchey of us. <laughs> like, that's really 68, 68, yeah. and 68. So what do you mean, little douchey? You were completely. <laughs> <laughs> you brought that. You brought it home. I did. That was. I did. I don't want to brag. I'm just sitting here. So here's what we're gonna do. We I'm are gonna go to through all of the. Uh, different Star Trek television series. We're not touching any movies. 
we don't have time for that. <laughs> we just, we don't have, not even with the slingshot around the sun, do we have time to go through all of that. Are you talking about the new one too, though, on, on yes. CBS All Access? Yeah, we're going to hit that one too. Okay. So all of your, your normal television series, we're going to do that. We're going to start from the beginning. We're going to go through all of them. We have representatives here to speak that have seen every episode of every single one of the series, except for Discovery. Spoiler alert, it's not Liz. Uh, no. <laughs> no. So I've seen a lot combined. of Next Gen, though, because well, right. I guess I'm a tricky. So we're going to go through, we're going to talk about what the shows are about, the good, the bad, and 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 what, and you know, kind of help identify whether or not they would be the right one for you, and we're going to do them in order of release. So we're going to start with the oldest Star Trek, not chronologically, because again, <laughs> that's a that's a complicated one. We're just going to go in order of release. So uh, I believe we're going to obviously start with Star Trek, the original series, and that will uh, bring us to JLMO. So JLMO, tell us about the original series. I would be happy to tell you about Star Trek, the original series, because I was all of uh, six, seven. I was seven years old when the first episode aired. So I've been, uh, I, I was there, but you mm-hmm. know, it's mm-hmm. one of those things where you look back on your childhood shows and you're like, you know what? I shouldn't have been watching that at that <laughs> age, <laughs> but I did. So, uh, but I was hooked from the beginning. Um, but if you go back to it now, and this is one thing that stood out because I did, uh, it's, it's available on Netflix, the original series, mm-hmm. Next Generation, they're all right there. And so I went back to watch the first episode of the of the original series, and oh my goodness! Of course, we all know the story that the first episode wasn't the first episode. And we can discuss the order of the episodes and all of that. That's the, but what I'm referring to is the actual pilot that they uh, that they'd filmed with Captain Pike, right. the only character in the Star Trek universe um, from the original series uh, that carried over was Leonard Nimoy, Spock. He was in the actual original pilot, and he carried over with uh, with Captain Kirk at Al. Not Al. Not me. The, the other Al. Other, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. So anyway, um, it was the most, uh, while it was the most progressive, they had uh, the, the very first um, uh, first officer, number one, was a woman, a brunette, very pretty, and then uh, they had yeoman, they had, uh, and, and they had a, a multi-ethnic, a complete right. thing. I mean, to, to not listen to it, it was a very progressive show. And then you turn on the volume, and <laughs> <laughs> the captain accidentally runs into a yeoman who's just a, every bit of a 16-year-old perfect you know, female and uh, looks up and says, oh, what, what, what do you need? So they discuss what she needs, and she walks away, and he says to number one, I can't get used to women on board. And, and number one looks up at it, well, you know, except for you. You're different. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> so from that point, I mean, that was the type of thing that, that, yeah, that yeah, they yeah. Ended. It's still toxic masculinity from way back then. Although, you know, hey, we had women on board. All yeah. right. I'm just saying. Well, and that's so this one ran from uh, September 8, 1966 to June 3rd, 1969. So we got to also keep in mind, I think we, you know, the, his, the history nerd to me says we got to look at what was going on at the time. There weren't a whole lot of women serving in the military at that particular chunk of time. Uh, true, mm-hmm. true, 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 true. Uh, and um, uh, uh, there was, I mean, I don't think i don't think we can today appreciate how crazy it was to have a Russian on the oh, yeah. bridge. I mean, that was sure. also the first interracial kiss on television. Mm-hmm. Not true, but it, it, I it, 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 was. Makes, it makes for good fodder. Go on. Oh, well, well correct me here. Um, the first interracial kiss was not uh, was not Kirk and and uh, and, Uhura. and Uhura. Before that, it was a nineteen fifty, but it was just a kiss on the cheek. 
Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't count. It's still a kiss. It was still white a skin against black skin. Well, I mean, it was a kiss. Yes. Now, as far as the impassioned kiss, time, the passionate yes, kiss, no, yes, Kurt gets it, and yeah. and Nichelle Nichols is. Uh, oh God, she was. He was. And he she was fortunate sings. for that opportunity. Oh, ah. and she. Have you ever heard that woman sing? Yeah. Wow. Anyway, anyway, she sings the theme song. Uh, no. <laughs> yes, she does. No. For the original series, there is no theme song. The the. Ooh. Oh, that. That, that, one, oh, that, that was, was her? her? That was My a human? Apologies. That was her. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It was a person. Yeah. I just assumed it was a, it was the 60s, so I assumed it was like some form of like electronic synthesizer. Or She's something. got a hell of a voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she does. Uh, so, so who should watch? So the good, so tell me about, so what's the good here? The good is the cutting edge uh, technology. The, the talk about a flip phone. The very first flip phone, a flip phone was held by Captain Pike, and he flipped it open and he talked to uh, talked to the deck, and that was really cool technology. They really did. Gene Roddenberry was an amazing. What's uh, uh, I wanted visionary. Visionary. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's the word. Uh, but then beyond that, it was all so much. I mean, even Gene Roddenberry had affairs. It turned out that the reason that the chick was num- was uh, the first officer was that was his first affair, and he wrote that in for her. And then the second affair, oh yeah, N- N- uh, Ms. Nichols, yes, uh, she was also an affair. Huh. Oh yeah, and and oh, let's not forget that the the nurse was actually his wife who was on set the entire time. So he was still just a horn dog. I mean, the man <laughs> was a player. But he was a visionary. He did. He did come up with some of the most amazing stuff. And the even even the story. And the key word here is campy. Uh, from the beginning, who would I recommend watch this? Anyone who is uh, already well saturated in the Star Trek, like if if uh, if Liz wanted to just look at history. If you're if you're a history buff, that's the only people I would recommend to watch this. Okay, so it didn't back. age. So it didn't age terribly well. It didn't age. If you're well. like, so if you're like a film, <laughs> if you're a cinematography history buff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and 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 if you really do want to see this, where science fiction began, because Gene Roddenberry was the man. He was the beginning of. All of this, he was. I mean, there was Buck Rogers, there, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But as far as realistic technology that mankind might reach within a limit, within a okay, so year two thousand, we don't have the Enterprise. Okay, well, the scientists were still projecting that we would have that by then. So, if you're interested in the history of it and you'd like to see just how far, how much was involved in making this show, uh, then that's that's a very good one. Oh, My favorite TOS story is uh, off screen is that. Uh, after the first season, um, Michelle Nichols tried to quit. She wrote up a letter of res- resignation and gave it to Gene Roddenberry. And he said, thank you very much. And he put it into his desk drawer. And he said, I'll see you next season. And she said, well, I just quit. And he goes, you'll be back. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Did, am I interrupting? Go ahead. Go yeah. finish. I'm sorry. So uh, in between seasons and her off time, uh, she was at an event where she ran into uh, this fellow named Martin Luther King Jr., this fella name. Oh, wow. No shit. We're and the story. This is, this is so awesome. he fanboys out on her. It's our favorite show. We, we were so happy when we first saw you on the show that we were included in this vision of the future. A black woman. That, yes. That, that was... And third in command. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm so grateful for what you've done for our community. You don't know what you've done and we're so glad to watch you every week. The inspiration that you have you know? become. And... Uh, she goes, well, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but I just put in my letter of resignation. I quit because I want to go do opera. And he goes, no, you can't do that. You absolutely need to go get that job back. It is important for the black community. And he specified the children. Yeah. And wow. so she went, she went back and she said, Gene, can I get the job back? And he goes, yeah, I still have your letter right here. I never did anything uh-huh. with it. 
And what was it, 30 years later, when uh, Next Gen came out, he gets a call from uh, Whoopi Goldberg saying, this was right after she got her Oscar for Ghost, saying, I need to be on this show. Because when I saw the very first episode of the original series and I saw Nichelle Nichols, I said, Mom, there's a black lady on TV and she ain't no maid. And that's what made her want to be an actress. Wow. Which then we'll use to parlay into our conversation uh, about The Next Generation, which uh, I'll take. So Star Trek The Next Generation premieres on September 28, 1987 and goes until May 23rd, 1994. This is where we get Captain uh, Jean-Luc Picard, uh, father of a thousand memes. Swoon. Uh, <laughs> Not to mention right? Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Uh, and then, uh, shut up, Wesley. Uh, so this is, for my generation, this is the, uh, this is the Star Trek that we grew up with. Yes. Uh, it is, um, it is, you know, it, it continues on with the adventures of, and kind of very much follows the spirit of the original series, it does pick up, you know, a whole lot of years later. Mm-hmm. And this one, as opposed to the first one, everything is we've achieved a utopia is basically the idea here. Mm-hmm. And we're off to spread our bright, shiny civilization to the dimmest quarters of the galaxy. So um, I think the good part about the next generation is that is probably the oldest Star Trek that still remains somewhat watchable. I am with somewhat because some of the graphics are so unintentionally hilarious. It is. It I, is. I, I think again, I want to, I want to point out it's campy. It's yes. camp. yeah. Star Trek has never gotten too far from campy, whether yeah. it's the, whether it's yeah, it the did. dialogue. I'll get, I'll tell you when we we'll get, get there. there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, but <laughs> you're right. But you're right. You yeah. were absolutely, you're absolutely right. Right up to a very specific point. Okay. So you were 100% correct. I my, favorite, go yeah. my favorite episode is the little parasitic aliens that take over people's bodies. And then when they animate it, like moving from one person to another person, it just looks like a rubber scorpion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah. yeah <laughs> On a string. Like, <laughs> so the, you nailed it. The, you nailed it. <laughs> you, you, were, you, were you, were you in the props department? I didn't know that you <laughs> actually SFX actually special effects. The, uh, so it did. It, looked it looked amazing and it definitely um the the number one thing actually and it also gave us a, a trope that we that i don't know if you guys are familiar with it's called growing the beard hmm. uh which refers to when a new show gets its legs underneath and it becomes good oh i thought we were talking about no it comes from <laughs> actually will Riker. yeah the, i thought we were talking about Riker's beard <laughs> right because that's your that is the litmus test for anybody who's watching next she generation knew. yeah no i'm sorry that's what's it if you're watching next generation and you see the second in command a guy named jonathan frakes who plays uh commander william t Riker. if you see an episode where he's clean shaven just skip it go find something else to do <laughs> well actually Lord, skip the first episode they didn't really <laughs> hit their stride until about eight episodes later when they changed uniforms Uh, But growing the beard became the the name for this trope of a show that actually (laughs) manages to get. And he he grew the beard in like the what the fifth or sixth episode, right? No, 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 no. no, no. It was a season. Yeah, it was like sorry, long ago, far away. Don't they even don't they even call it out on the show? Like, don't they like they don't like break the fourth wall, but they. But they yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, it. They, they like mention his the beard. beard. Yeah, yeah. change it because he, he did shave it throughout the season, um, throughout the series. Yeah, he goes down to a goatee, I think, for a little bit, yeah. and he goes right. But the thing is, yeah. So that was that's actually the trope that has grown up around that. And in addition to the million memes that that Patrick Stewart launched for us, uh, yeah. So Bad if uh, so, the good is uh, uh, it's the oldest watchable Star Trek. It uh, it's it is fun. It is campy. 
uh, and it's it is it's it's an easy watch. The bad uh, it doesn't always age well, and I think as uh, to quote Tim actually talking about it, uh, it is so saccharine sweet at times. Their <laughs> utopia stuff does get a little tiresome. <laughs> um, if you're especially look- those first two seasons, because with this utopian concept, uh, there was no ability to have conflict between any of the characters on in, in the crew. Right. Right. And that just leads to no story. Yes. We can, but well, it does. It limit. <laughs> well, speak your mind. Well, speak your that, mind. Well, there's that one where, where what's his face gets aggressive because he has to mate. Yes. Where the one Spock. where, where no, no, that was no, the not, original series. When no, they the redid Klingon. that, when no, they redid yeah. that in the new series, yeah, yeah. With, with Worf and the, mm-hmm. he went in heat. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he was really mean to everybody, like meaner than he usually was. Right. That was, yeah, they found. Oh, like a oh, wonderful. I was, see, I yeah. watched Every Next Gen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to make oh, that joke. Uh, I can. Yeah. Oh, I, man, I was definitely was, not going to. Well, no, what a, man, what a man has to go through. Let him feel it for a minute. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the bad for Next Gen, I think the saccharine suite and all that stuff. Um, That's what I wanted a, to say was the, um, was the monetary value. It said saccharine suite. Everybody is happy. It's a complete utopia. We don't use money. Mm-hmm. But then in the next scene, they're gambling. They've got something out front. Right. Right. And then, well, you know, I can get some on, you know, when I, when I get, uh, when I get to Rexus four, I can have, you know, right. get some credits uh, yeah, and I can get some credits. So, so yeah, so there was a bit of a discrepancy throughout. And, and again, I throw it back to campy. Ah, uh, you know, that's just, that's don't worry just, about you know, that. Don't hurt your brain on it. It's fine. Uh, but I will say that this is still like, this is still my favorite Star Trek. It's the one I grew up on. So, you know, I've got a bit of a spot. You a soft never spot. forget your first captain. Uh, right. But it did not. And I will say it, did, it has not aged terribly. It hasn't aged like great, but it's you don't you don't have nearly so many of the awkward moments watching it that you do watching the original series where you're like the the Ugh. original series. While it did was it was campy and it was sexist and they did suffer misogyny and it was besides that though besides <laughs> that um, and oh god the overacting oh uh. my god the over- it is I, what gave us William I, Shatner Shatner so. What I'm saying is, you know the game, someone shouts Shatner, everybody has to overact everything. And <laughs> my God, why have we never done that on this oh, show? We're not, Shatner. We're not doing it right now. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. This is probably why you haven't done a Star Trek episode probably. yet. Probably. <laughs> all right, so that's going to take us then into the reason that we drug poor Tim here. Hey. Uh, Tim. So from, uh, so as Star Trek The Next Gen wraps up, we get Deep Space Nine, which uh, Mr. IMDb over there, when did it start? Uh, I'll get the dates. You go ahead. Okay, cool. So... <laughs> The concept behind Deep Space Nine when they started was, let's see, let's take Next Generation with the super saccharine suite, like everyone's sort of getting along, like there's a problem, we'll come up with some weird technical solution to it by the end of the episode, but let's do it all in one spot. (laughs) So they did that for two seasons. They were like, this is kind of boring. Let's go dark. And they did. And it was actually, I grew up on Next Generation like Al. Deep Space Nine is my favorite. Um, I switched over in the mid '90s and didn't look back. So this, uh, so the first episode date is January third, ninety three through January second, nineteen ninety nine. Didn't quite make it to the new millennium, huh? It did mm. not. It did not. All right. Uh, I was afraid of two thousand. Yeah. So what was your? So what, what's the good and the bad for you on Deep Space Nine? So I think the good is that they let some of the characters be more nuanced people. Mm-hmm. So you get kind of more personality out of a lot of the characters. If you like Worf, he's great in Deep Space Nine. He actually gets to win a few fights, which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, the bad, I would say, is that it does get pretty bleak at times mm-hmm. um, because the last, I think, five seasons are basically just a long-running war 
And so like, there's literally an episode where they're like, hey, what if we assassinated a Romulan ambassador and <laughs> framed the bad guys for it? And then they do it. <laughs> so <laughs> spoiler alert for 25 years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, now I don't have to watch it. So like, it gets a little, uh, there's a few times you're like, Ugh. but uh, on well, the whole, I think it's really good. What actor played the captain? Avery Brooks. Um, Avery, Avery Brooks. Brooks. It was Avery Brooks. Yeah. And he was a commander at first. He did get promoted eventually, but yeah. they didn't let him be a captain at the start. I remember hearing years and years ago when it was on there that um, he did an interview. And I've got to tell you, it's the first time I heard a black racist. I'm, I mean, flat out the man hated everything and everything to do with white men. Hmm. It really kind of just left a cold spot. Kind of like Al. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, absolutely. Everything. Uh, so be, I, I don't want to be really specific. It is white men that I'm right. Yeah. But, I don't like it. He's still of my favorite but, captain. Yeah. But that was my point is that um, we let uh, reality seep into the characters. Mm. And that is one of the reasons why they become so beloved in this one. You know, that you, that you know that these are humans with frailties and they get up mm-hmm. there and they look like the captain and the hero. And, 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 he, and they are because that's exactly who they are in your life. So it, it, I, I did like Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. I, I watched it for a while, but then it got really just the, just overdone. And it, but but and I then you found Stargate. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> so right about the right time. <laughs> oh, it was perfect. Steam comes out of it and everything. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> well, and I I think I think I did definitely. One of the things I really liked about DS Nine was DS Nine had a had a much more. I did have a darker feel. I mean, it's still Star Trek. Dark, okay, so you want to not... talk about a darker feel? So I'm here, like trying to educate myself as you guys are talking about things that I have no idea about what you're talking about. I Google uh, Avery Brooks Deep Space Mine Nine, and the first headline that comes up is Star Trek Deep Space Nine pushed me to seek a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so if any of you <laughs> sounds like maybe you needed one. So if okay. you that might have been the final the... you know straw on the camel's point. If any of you ever watched the um, the remake of Battlestar Galactica in like the early 2000s, it was the same showrunners. Uh-huh. Um, and so that also oh, had... So good. Very good, but had also had a lot of very bleak themes. So you can... Yeah. If you watch oh, Deep God, Space yeah. Nine, you're like, oh, yeah. you can kind of see where they were... What they were building up towards. Sure. That explains and why I never liked Deep Space Nine. I gotta tell you, well, which you're, and you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> but with... I think... I think with, His therapist just told him that it's okay <laughs> to admit that he doesn't right. like that show. <laughs> well, I think... And I think that, you know, much like Star Trek The Next Generation, the first season or two of Deep of D- Space Nine is, is a little bit of a slog. Basically unwatchable. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I've been trying to, and I'm like, I fell asleep through so many episodes of the first season because I've been trying to rewatch it, and I fell asleep. It was just great to nap to, yeah, uh, which works. isn't what I was going for. But they do have some great characters there. I loved, I mean, I'm, I've always been a fan of O'Brien, and O'Brien really got his own thing because mm-hmm. he also came over from Next Gen. Uh, and then uh, uh, Oda was okay, but for me, the, the best part was Quark. Um, Quark. Yeah, the Ferengi, you know, the guy just, he's fantastic. The Ferengi whose son joined Starfleet. I mean, come on. That's, it's just, it's fantastic. So, uh, all right, so there's DS9. So from DS9, then, uh, uh, ooh, Voyager comes next, Mm -hmm. which would kick it over uh, to you, sir. Yeah, so we get our first female captain. Yeah, we do. Captain Janeway. Yeah. Uh, So this one is actually, it, it spins directly off from Deep Space Nine. Uh, we open with the uh, Voyager ship taking off from the Deep Space Nine station, uh, where they quite literally launched it. Did they? Yeah, <laughs> uh, where they they f- go through the, a wormhole that takes them to the other side of the galaxy, and they're stuck there trying to get back. Mm-hmm. With half their crew being uh, members of the Federation, and the other half being the Maquis that they've just been at war with. 
And I think the marquee, talk about the marquee a little bit, because there's a, that was a really interesting, uh, I think, piece of Star Trek little lore there. Yeah, the they were basically like a terrorist cells, right? Yep. That uh, were opposing the Federation, and uh, these ships they were they were fighting and get sucked into this black hole and they end up stranded and now have to all come together uh it made for an interesting dynamic especially when they made the captain of the maquis second in command of the ship which uh obviously didn't go over very well with half the crew so uh this comes to us uh comes out january 16th 1995 Mm -hmm. and wraps up may 23rd 2001 yeah and uh we had a hologram holographic doctor and a whole new group Speaking of aliens of to, to deal with on the other side of the galaxy. Which yep. was a lot of fun. So what was the what was the good from Voyager, do you think? Um seven of nine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're you're not you're not wrong. Yeah. Um I just I, I really liked that this felt like I, with Deep Space Nine they tried something different with going from a a ship that was cruising around the galaxy to a station where people would come and go, you know, Grand Central Station kind of vibe. Um, this was, we're trying something completely different by sending them to the other side of the galaxy, cut off from the rest of the Federation. Uh, we've got the instant struggle on board because they d- don't get along, like, on next right. gen. Right. Um, and then there was, like, some really weird stuff they did with, like, biological components to the ship. Um like the, it was a living ship, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that required special maintenance that they they would go through. Um, it was it was just very different, but with keeping a, a lot of the ideals of next gen. I'm I'm a, I'm, I'm going to say the captain was the big thing. Yeah, she was absolutely amazing. Yeah. She was uh, to be the first female captain mm-hmm. uh, on any any of the shows was. Breathtaking, and for all yeah, and, and I don't mean to beat the the feminist drummer or anything. No, absolutely. But for oh, we all definitely the, don't do that on this show. No, <laughs> no. Thank you, Liz. You're welcome. But, um, <laughs> but for her, she to, was Jodie Whittaker before Jodie Whittaker. Yeah, right. Go. Well, yeah. That was going to be my question. Is it's I'm asking all of the Star Trek fans in the room. Would you say that historically this show kind of paved the way for this sort of like it was it was like like the, the first to do, you know, like the, the original series Honestly, dealt with interracial relationships and kind of punched racism mm-hmm. in the face during the time period. And we had the first black lead mm-hmm. male in a role and we had the first woman yeah. in a lead role in, and you know, welcome what, to Star Trek. Was it, yeah. And that's that's always, it's always to, been multicultural and, mm-hmm. and inclusive in its, in its spirit. Yeah. yeah. That's, One of the first jobs that Gene Roddenberry had gotten as a, he's, he's got an interesting enough career, but um, was that uh, he had pitched a show to a studio the studio, decided to pick it up. They were doing it, decided they were going to do it. And uh, the, he had, cast three black actors and the studio said no and he said yes and the studio said no and he said bye and the studio said bye and he walked away from a very lucrative contract mm-hmm. because he refused to cut these three black actors so I'm so impressed with that that's what I grew up with and by the way Gene Roddenberry is the original founder and creator of, of Star Trek he is to Star Trek he is the Star Trek what, what George Lucas would be to Star Wars and to so. go back to next gen when no network would pick it up mm-hmm. he's the one who basically said okay we'll do it in syndication and people went what no you get 500 episodes then you go to syndication he went why yeah We'll just go straight to syndication, and that's how we got Stargate or Star Trek: The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Was it went direct to syndication? 
Hmm. I didn't yep. know that. Yeah. He took a hell of a pay cut for doing so. I mean, yeah. a, 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 on his bottom line, the profit right. line, he took a hell of a hit, but it but paid I, off I think for him. all of these things that we're talking about is why when Al and I hear things like Gamergate and all, you know, all these Star, Star Wars Any gate, controversies really. and all the bullshit that we've been dealing with over the course of this, uh, this podcast... Um, that's why we don't like that coming into our geek because our geek has always been inclusive. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, makes sense. This has been the, the shining example of what geek should be. And that's just what I meant. The actors can have their own foibles. They can have their own weaknesses. And we accept that. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, for Patrick Stewart, who is perfect in every way. Everyone. But besides, right. but hey, hey. Okay. Hey. Sorry. Definitely never had Millennium Lady hey. Listen Affairs. Hey, nope. you, shush. You, <laughs> you. Goldberg. Sh- Shut the... <laughs> I'm going to come over there and bitch slap really? you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, it was all scuttlebutt. Mm-hmm. I beg to differ. I mean, if that's what they're calling it. <laughs> uh, all right. What happens I, on the but, holodeck stays in the holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> but I will always applaud Gene Roddenberry for that very thing. And that's, yeah. that is... Oh, yeah. uh, sig. That's how I grew up, was uh, watching Star Trek and seeing all of these people that I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, outside of being shipped into an all-black school. Besides that, though, uh, up to that point, I'd never seen... I'm 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 a redneck from from Whiteville, and uh, so then there it is. Look, hey, there's a there's a black lady on screen. You know, seriously. We're not. That's not the that's show's not title. The show put your phone. Put your phone down. Put your phone down. Can you imagine all the YouTube hate we would get for that oh, so much. title? Nope. Oh, so much. No, nope. you know what would have been awesome, Al? What if we had a Star Trek show with that dude from Quantum Leap? What, what Scott Bakula? Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? What an amazing segue, Dan. Up next, we've got Star Trek Enterprise, uh, which started, first episode came out on September 26, 2001. L- last episode, May 13, 2005. And that's going to go back over to JLMO, uh, who was the only one here who watched it. <laughs> Which is a sad thing because the first uh, and and uh, as far as I'm going to go ahead and address that one, who would who should watch this? Who would I recommend watching this? The first two seasons, anybody and everybody who's interested in seeing this type uh, to seeing a sci-fi show getting its legs, you know, it was it was a fantastic show. And then season three happened, and then season four, and they put it out of its misery. Uh-huh. But um, you know, shows go through that. But Scott Bakula, when it was originated. It was supposed to be before Star Trek. Right. And I'm gonna he went leave. back in time to set right well, what's wrong. Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> one not. day that he would leave yeah. back. <laughs> so for the timeline here, I don't want to be, I want to just do, do a second here because so far we've, we've progressed forward in, in time. So the original series, Next Generation. Ow. Ow. Then, uh, uh, and then we had DS9 and Voyager and all of which progressed chronologically along the same. There was some overlap there between Next Gen, DS9, and Voyager, yeah. there was definitely some overlap there, and there were some characters that crossed paths and all that, but we've moved forward. Now, Enterprise goes back before Star Trek, Which the original series, Which is the series, fascinating part about this series is that they went, they moved it back before Kirk, and they actually, the actual opening is the guy that created the, um, that created the, uh, oh, come on, what was his name? They, he did the movie, oh, uh, God, I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, his son 
is 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 learning from him about what they're doing with the with the me- with the mechanics and everything. And they said specifically that the Vulcans won't let them progress. Every 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 step they've gone, you know, forward, they've been yanked back. Oh no, you're not ready for this. Oh no, you're not ready for this. And so Scott Bakula's father was like, okay, but I'm pretty sure they'll let us by next year. So it opened, and then it says ten years or twenty. I forget how many more years later. But there's Scott Bakula as the full grown son, and he's telling the he's telling the Vulcans to off. And then, oh, a, a, a Romulan crash lands who's being chased by two other aliens. And then, and all of these things are being thrown at you. And it happens so fast. You, If you aren't familiar with the Star Trek universe, I, right over your head. But because of the way they did this, you recognize all of these things. And it's, it's almost a rush. You disregard little details. Yes, yes, yes. There's a lot of little details that were inconsistent with its actual Canon. bridging between these two universes. Right. Blah, 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 blah. If you were looking for in, from entertainment. And um, in the beginning, the first two years was all about the relationship, the diplomacy, what man was trying to get off the flip and surface of the earth. And the, and the Vulcans were like, a good, like any good parent, you're not ready. Calmed. Go have a cookie. You're fine. <laughs> and uh, so that was the the series was basically how the how the Vulcans and the uh, and humans got along, and how the um, characters. Uh, sorry, the uh, the aliens were introduced to mankind, and it was fabulous. It it was a really good series up to season three for the first two seasons. Right, and then the the network wanted to have some little more action. There just wasn't enough action, so mm. they came up with a villain. And it was going to threaten the whole earth. And so they got through that, that season and they're like, well, we're going we're gonna to do a fourth because it was so great. <laughs> mm. So they did a fourth and then um, I said, nope, we don't like this anymore. We're going to pl- pull your plug. And even though they had multitude of people you know, trying to get them you know, doing a write-in campaign, trying to get the show saved, it, it, it was gone. But that was a shame because uh, not as not as much say as uh, as Firefly, which was uh, I'm so sorry, but that's kind of how I felt about <laughs> about okay, Scott Bakula. Okay. But I did get more than one season, so yeah, yeah, so yeah. you still have my sympathies on that. Yeah, yeah, but yes. For, so they at least got the prequel out of their system, right? Al? that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you it was, think it was a really good? I, I really like the series. So that is going to lead us to our final series, the series that is currently airing, uh, which is Star Trek Discovery. So Star Trek Discovery. Okay, so I, I, the, the timeline here gets bonkers. Okay, and that's saying something for Star Trek. It's roughly between Enterprise and TOS, right? Uh, no. I've yes. not seen a single episode. I don't know much about it, so it's okay if I just throw in questions? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. And I'm trying to... Oh, they don't have it sitting here like they did for every... There it is. Uh, okay, so... It, premiere date was uh, September 24th, 2017, and it's still going on. It just It's in its second season now, and I was hoping for a quick... Okay, so how do I explain Discovery? It supposedly does take place between, the, the, between Enterprise, which takes place 200 years before, the, uh, before Captain Kirk, when... Oh, this is their first development of warp drive. They can only go up to warp five as opposed to warp nine where they can. And well, let's call it warp nine is the max for in general for the other shows. Except I know, I know, I know. Uh, I'm trying to keep it for people who don't know know all this stuff. I know. So it's yeah. But set between those two, it's supposed to be leading up into Wasn't it 40 years before TOS. Yeah, it's supposed to be leading up into this. But the problem here is that the timeline doesn't make sense uh, and their consistencies. (laughs) <laughs> so there's always been 
We got a spit take. You just got our first legitimate FGS spit take. Nice. I nice. swallowed. <laughs> nope. So the uh, Good night. the uh, so the show takes place there, uh-huh. but even for Star Trek, the canon is the the canon for the show doesn't even begin to make sense. So the what they but then about halfway through the first season, they throw you for a giant curveball. And then the show goes from good to fucking great. Mm. Um, so Star Trek Discovery is not Star Trek as you and I would understand it. Um, the campiness is gone. Uh, the the This is a dark, broody, war-torn, serious. Like, they looked at DS9 and they thought, no, 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 no. Let's double down on that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they are at war with the... Cl- so Tim's in. Right. And let's change well, the way the Klingons look every year. Well, they, to be fair, have changed the way the Klingons look every single <laughs> series, I swear. They Except do. next-gen to DS9. That's true. There was, there. there was some consistency there, but you look at the original series Klingons to the... To the, the well, the Enterprise Klingons that are actually supposed to be before Kirk have the full on uh, the... Uh, Ridge. Yeah, the, the, uh, Worf. Yeah. Looks like Worf, mm. whereas TOS, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but they just had a really heavy brow. Right, right. Mm. That, was, that, was, that was the Klingons. And, and, for, and these Klingons look completely different than any of it. Okay. Mm. Uh, and, and there was, and I did, and as a, as a guy who grew up watching Next Gen, it was hard for me to get used to it. Uh, it's also only available on, the, on CBS streaming, uh, which costs additional money. So that's the only way to watch it unless you, you know, Blah, blah, blah. Which is my main objective. Um, objection. Yeah. Objection is that the uh, Z- CBS All Access. I say my main objective is absolutely not to pay for extra streaming services. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But Would you in, call that your prime directive? Uh, <laughs> I got to. But they see do. What you did there. They do. They do Write feature puns. <laughs> uh, they do feature openly uh, openly homosexual characters uh, in a loving relationship, and they they feature some of the other more you know some of the more progressive stuff that again is still part of the signature for what Star Trek is. And it's really interesting to watch. I think my biggest frustration with it, if I would highlight the bad, was this feels a bit too much like a Star Wars TV show. Um, and and as somebody who loves... Someone's going to stab you for that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think folks who watch Discovery will, though. Did somebody get yeah. their hand cut off? Um, <laughs> yeah, actually. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so, like, there is a lot of that. Is very, it feels very Star, Star Wars when I watch it. Mm. Um, which isn't bad. I really enjoy, and I'm looking forward to the live action Star Wars show that John Favreau is coming out with. Yep, yep. But I just, it's not. Somebody got their Star Wars in my Star Trek. Uh, so <laughs> this is not Eurisis Cup. When J.J. Abrams did both the Star Wars and the Star Trek movie simultaneously, I have to say that the Star Wars movie won out. I didn't care yeah. for the Star Trek movie as much, to say the least. Well, and the so Star at that Trek point, movie was more of a resume builder for the Star yeah. Wars for him. Yeah. So, so um, I think the audience has dropped. Uh, significantly because of that. I mean, the whole, the whole franchise was kind of like doing a, doing a bit of a, a curve there. Yep. And um, they really do have to step up their game. So I was really hoping that you were going to tell me that CBS All Access blew you away for Star Trek. It was great. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. The, the storylines are the best and most nuanced. The characters are the best and most nuanced of anything, any Star Trek series ever, period, bar none. That's it. It's just, just too doesn't damn feel like Star Trek. Did. Uh, but it's hidden behind a paywall and it's not Star Trek. Like, it's not going to be... But you know what is? Hmm. The Orville. Yeah. Ah! Yes. 
Honorable mention to the Orville. Yeah. You know, Seth Henderson was on, uh, Seth McFarland, sorry, mm-hmm. Henderson, I'm a friend of mine. Seth McFarland was on the, uh, was on, uh, uh, the, yeah, hello, uh, Scott Bakula, my mind just oh, Enterprise? Enterprise. Oh, really? Enterprise. Yeah. Well, he wanted to do a Star Trek series. Yeah. And they went, yeah, no, you do Family Guy. <laughs> and he said, oh, okay, I'll just use different names for things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I'm still, I'm still Seth McFarland and uh-huh. I can have a TV show doing literally whatever I want. Yeah. And I'm wow. Already, they're going there. Oh my goodness! And that was a good. fabulous series, and I understand they didn't get renewed. Is anytime now? It's okay. It hasn't no, dropped no, no. yet, right? Yeah, season two is. Yeah. Oh, it dropped. Yeah. Oh, did it drop? Okay, I gotta go now. Bye, guys. A while back, I've been. <laughs> no, I, I know season up. one, but um, I, I saw. See, well, look, me and Hulu gotta have some words then. It's yeah. on Hulu. Hulu is so desperate to get me to watch all of this crap uh-huh. they've got. Uh huh. I feel. And they, look, it's there. And they did not fail to let me know that The Handmaid's Tale was out. <laughs> Not, not your show. You. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's so good if you like misery porn. Right. <laughs> if you finished, if you wrapped up Walking Dead and thought. <laughs> I want to be sadder with a TV show. <laughs> exactly. Now what am I going to cry about? <laughs> oh, no, no. If it brought me to tears, at least that would be something. This is us. It's just the happy tears. I just like misery. Yeah. Uh, All right, so there's your track. I can't believe I'm watching this. (laughs) Let us know what your favorite track is in the comments before you start trolling us, or as you're trolling us, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Let's get to some... uh, Let's let's pay some bills. We can pay some bills? Yeah. Uh, Let's pay some bills. So up first, uh, we actually have... She's here to do it herself. We have... What? uh, TheJLMo.com. JLMo with her. That's oh yeah, can we can we ask? We have a question. Did you want to ask her about about? Because we have a question. I think we need to put. Do you know it. when book seven is coming? <laughs> <laughs> right after George R. R. Martin calls me and confers with me, and we, we finish that one up. I'm just saying we've been waiting on book six for a minute here, <laughs> <laughs> and and it's uh, it's going to be worth, worth the wait. It is, is it? it is. Yeah. That's what George Martin told us too. And yeah. the problem is, and, and here's one of the main problems is that you guys uh, haven't mentioned this, but McShane, Bur- Mur- McShane, now see what you got to ah. see what you got to She can't even yeah. do it right. Victory. I listened Victory. to the show too damn many times. That's it. Now we can stop. Yeah. Now this, we're done. We can wrap up right now. This is actually the last episode, folks. This is it. it is now. That was, a long, that was a long payoff. But to be fair, I, I sat with a, with a, an agent one time, and I was going to pitch my, my novel, and it's called, um, now what's it called again? Oh, yeah. The Tierra Tree. The Tierra Tree. Yeah. And I sat down with this agent, and I had practiced it, and I you know, looked in the mirror. I took notes. I was going to pitch this. And I sit down across from the agent, and I looked at the agent, and my mind went blank. I couldn't even think of my name, let alone my name of the, the book, the name of the author. I'm, the author? Who's the, the author? Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did remember everything about her resume. <laughs> so, oh, good. So I asked, sure, sure. Good, I asked, good. That's, I what said, she had, that's what she was wondering about. Yeah, yeah, because I have a 10-minute timer sitting right there. I have 10 minutes to talk to her, and she set the freaking timer. So, uh, so, so you went to uh, Columbia. Yes, I did. So she starts telling, filling me in about Columbia when it's finally, oh, yeah, the territory. Okay, I can go now. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. I remember now. All right. <laughs> I, didn't get a, I didn't get a contract. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. Isn't that weird? <laughs> so, so, so why don't you, for those who don't know, what is the actual title of the series? 
the McShane Mini Mystery Series. It is a mini mystery because it's a long, short story. Each book is five chapters. Have we been putting the word murder in here for no reason this yes. entire time? Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, we've been putting McMurder. McMurder. Yeah. We've been Mc putting McMurder. Right. McMurder. McChicken. And, and I get, I get a couple of McRibs in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, um, you got to work that into Try the next not one. to work into, into any, uh, any spoilers, but. Um, there's a uh, the main story is uh, if you haven't if you haven't seen it or w- read it if you haven't read, read it, it. Mm-hmm. and it's only on ebook format it's only from Amazon and it's uh, it's about a woman who uh, was a uh, she worked missions and she traveled the world with her parents who founded a mission group and uh, then she uh, settled back down into her hometown of Coconut Beach Florida and she's at a bar when this woman across the bar was just all sad eyed and she went over there and tried to cheer her up and talk to her. And turns out that um, this woman that she talked to and cheered up and took home with her was um, actually uh, a, the billionaire heiress to Microtelix, which is an international communications. And so Tina and she became a thing, but she was really hard. She was she was she was uh, was it Princess Tina? No, not my not my Tina. No. So anyway, it goes from there because Tina was murdered, and that's the first book, Billionaire at the Bar. And it's only five chapters, and it only drop you ninety nine cents. See there, see there, and I'd get thirty cents out of it if you just drop a freaking. You <laughs> <laughs> get that mailbox money. That's right, mailbox right. money. Just sitting there waiting for the money to roll in. <laughs> so there you go, folks. That is uh, uh, the billionaire at the bar, the first book in the McShane McMurder McMurder McNugget McSecond. So you can check it out on Kindle and things. And it is it is the billionaire at the bar, a McShane. Murder mystery series. Oh, so there is murder. McShane, many, Every- many, many. Now, see, many. <laughs> All right, I gotta look it up. <laughs> it's been a while, apparently, McShane since I've seen Mini Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like oh. book three, which is actually a McFlurry at the McRib. <laughs> uh, and it's delicious. Although the ice cream machine is broken. Of yeah, if you don't so. like alliterations, you're probably not going to like the titles. It's Billionaire at the Bar, Four Files. Well, billionaire, billionaire at the Bar, Four Files for a Life, Hurricane or Homicide. You get the gist. It's all alliterations. So we, and we, we are very much. So uh, uh, will book six drop before we're done? No, I've got, um, I've got the first draft done and it, every writer knows First draft. Oh, good. Now you're going to only go write it six more times? Okay. <laughs> All right. So the first draft is done, and the second draft has to still be done. So no. All right. Fear not, dear listeners. We will announce the hell out of this on our, what will, will be a defunct Facebook page at that point, <laughs> uh, to let you all know when book six, when book I six will, drops. I will. And if you, if you follow the, the JLMO, um, I'm on uh, thejelmo.com, my website. You can you can click and follow that, and then you'll find out when book six comes out. There you go. Yeah, so this, the, uh, my blog is called Life One Short Story at a Time. And I try to incorporate things that everybody goes through, and you just don't know that everybody goes through it. So you follow my thing, and I, every so often I drop a, an idea of when I'm going to get book six out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you too, huh? <laughs> uh, all right, up next is the spot. You where- should write like an encyclopedia for the McShane. <laughs> Universe. Oh, that's before true. You Stop drop. working. Book six. Six. <laughs> drop a. Actually, you should write seven prequels <laughs> <laughs> about <laughs> characters <laughs> that nobody gives a shit about. Well, yeah, <laughs> I think I think <laughs> uh, I think her childhood friend uh, while she was in Kenya, for sure, instance. Sure. Absolutely, yeah, 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 that's yeah. a whole new yeah. book right there. Actually, mm-hmm. just write about like a pride of lions in Kenya. Oh, I like it. We'll work <laughs> it you in can the call it the Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> the Mick, the Mick Lion. No, <laughs> kind of like Hamlet. <laughs> All right, up next is the spot where you 
like, you know, this time, this time, instead of all of us saying hi to Kelly, I think we're just going to ask Tim to say hi to Kelly for us. Hi, Kelly. There you go. No, oh, that was so good. Right? It was genuine, right? I've always wanted to say hi to Kelly. All right. You can say hi to Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Yay. Nobody else. Hey. No one else. <laughs> right. Hi, Kelly. I said it for the, everybody else. Uh, all right, up Suck next. Killing. Oh my god, <laughs> I've lost control here. All right, up next is the part where we all do Liz's mom. Liz's mom. Hey, uh, did you guys hear about the guy that got his left arm and his left leg cut off? He's all right now. I mean, you can I still go to patreoncom sake. That's right, Patreon.com/slash/forgeeksake. The corners of Al's mouth turn up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because he knows there's only three more. <laughs> uh, I would like to know that we are live skyping my mom in for the very last episode to, to do the pun herself. To, to do the pun herself. All right, All right awesome. Actually, I'll, we're working. I'll on, be watching that one. We're walking. <laughs> we're, work, we're working on a couple uh, uh, surprise special guests for the last episode. Ooh. Oh, I guess it's not a surprise now that I've said that we're doing. Son <laughs> of a bitch. Uh, so yeah, that's. Well, that's that's done. All right, so uh, let's go do shameless plugs. We'll start with you, Mr. Benoit. As always, you can find me at EpicEventsOrlando.com for all your DJ service needs. Uh-huh. And uh, let's see, Star Trek The Next Conversation is a fantastic podcast where they're going through uh, Star Trek The Next Generation episode by episode. Um, it is uh, hosted by Matt Myra of Nerdist fame and his co-writer on the Goldbergs, Andy Secunda. And uh, they, they grade each episode on a 1 through 10 scale of Andy's. All right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Sure, why not? Yeah. The candy. Uh, uh, no, no, the he's guy. Andy Secunda. Oh, he's, Andy's. Andy's gets uh, How many Andy's does this episode get? You know? That's okay. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. And they also uh, have a uh, most valuable crew member every episode. Ooh, mm. is it, has it ever been Worf? Yes. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Were they being sarcastic? With the pain sticks? Has it ever? Uh, okay. Has they're it they're ever been, through season four. Has it ever been Wesley? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was Wesley a lot. They also have a lot of great theories, like how uh, uh, Wesley and um, um, LeVar. Jordy. 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 God, my brain is not thinking right now. It's that slow and low. Um, <laughs> they're both uh, techophiles. What? Like, they both have intimate relationships with the, the ship. Ah, oh. Elijah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Elijah <laughs> <take it> next. <laughs> On that note, do you guys like competition? The the fight of the underdog versus everyone else. No, I prefer just to win flat out. <laughs> All right. Do you love marbles? Because oh, the for 2019 sake. Olympic qualifiers have begun for Jill's marble run. And let me tell you something. This guy, I love it. I this love guy, it so much. he has upped his YouTube game. You have no idea. <laughs> what there the are hell now are you talking about. There are now full grandstands. His marble with, racing. He's talking about his marble racing. His yes, marbles. The, my marble You've lost racing. Your marbles. There are now full grandstands with all the colored marbles separated into <laughs> factions with little signs. Thank God. Oh, like the production value is now over the roof. <laughs> like that is that is uh, so cool. Go check it out. Like I can't talk is it about also, it. Enough. Is it also through the moon? It's no, 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 no. It's just no, over no. the roof. Just right over the roof. Oh. It's yeah, just yeah. over the roof. The you moon's think? a long way away. <laughs> so I'm what's betting the shot puts pretty big, right? <laughs> what uh, what's the so what's the name of the series here? Gels Marble Run. J L L E S. J E L L E S E S. Yeah. Okay. Gels jellies. Got it. Gels. Gels. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. All like right. you would. It's the the production quality is better than Olympics. <laughs> Right? Like, no shit. Like, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> I love this so much. It's just marbles going through. Oh, it's it's great. I love it so much. Yeah, get on it. I just always love to point out that Eli does literally zero recreational drugs. <laughs> 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 he just enjoys marble racing. 
And I can actually <laughs> confirm that. <laughs> I will actually confirm that that is true. All right, Liz, what you got for us? Uh, I am going to shamelessly pu- plug. Uh, have you guys watched Letterkenny? Oh, I thought he was about to shoot with the plug highlight. <laughs> uh, she plugs oh, highlight. Especially when she mispronounced it first. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm going to plug highlight. <laughs> like, she started the episode talking about how this was terrible beer. Uh, well, I just, no, I, d- I, d- I started the episode. Right. Well, because after the fir- after you power through the first one, then you're like, well, I guess I'll have another beer now. <laughs> and th- it's at 7.5%. So, I mean, I'm a lightweight nowadays. Um, no, but that's not what you're plugging. It's not highlight. I'm plugging Letter Kenny on. It's on Hulu. You can find it on Hulu. It is a t- fucking absolute nonsense show about Canadian people doing Canadian things, and it is just high quality mindless entertainment. All right. It is so funny. What's that called? Letter Kenny. Letter. Letter. Kenny. Kenny. Yes. Okay. Exactly like like you think it is. All one word. Gotcha. Check it out. If you're into Canadian stuff, is it a leader of Kenny's? No, is the theme song a litter, a litter of Kennys? <laughs> How Canadian are we talking here? Yeah. <laughs> How many A's per episode? Is it? Is it a? Oh, a lot. Is Tell us a, about it. I would oh. say, does it? Does it have a Celine Dion, Brian Adams duet as the opening? Oh, it's it is a it is a huge. Uh, what's the word when you make fun of yourself? Self parody, satire, self parody. Sure, yeah. Self deprecating, yeah. self deprecating. <laughs> I don't know how self deprecating it is, but. Yeah. yeah. Thing. Anyway. Uh, what you got? Shameless plug. The jailmo.com. That's right. It's the jailmo. J L M O with the word the in front of it. T H E. J A Y E L. Dot M O C. M C M O. The jailmo.com. Check out the Amazon books. I've got a few up there and enjoy. Thank you. Tim. I never come ready for this segment, but I'm just going to say, don't listen to Al watch Star Trek Deep Space Nine. <laughs> I actually am still in, you know, I guess the first couple seasons were a little, a little rough there. That's true. Uh, all right. I got, uh, I got, I got one and a half for you. Uh, first, uh, Weird City. We talked about Weird City. You remember we talking about this? Yeah. Yes. This is the one that came to us from Jordan Peele. It's YouTube, right? And on YouTube, yeah, YouTube, one of their like original series. But don't you, Black you're, Mirror you're for Al. Subscriber. Oh, Wow. They were not joking with the title. Mm-hmm. That that is one weird ass show. So are you unplugging it now? Did it get too weird for you? It's off, it's like halfway like the plugs hanging loose in the socket. <laughs> uh, like it's like that you know like the outlets that are old, so the plugs never stay in there all the way. And those <laughs> yeah. are a little loose. Like I here's the thing, it is exactly what it says it is. It is weird. Like the first episode was like, oh, that was kind of all right. That's kind of cool. We watch a second episode. And my wife and I watched the t- second episode and the episode ends and we're both just staring at the screen going, <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck was that? Uh, That's so, kind of what you'll get from Letterkenny. <laughs> yeah. So. But maybe not that weird. It was. It's weird. So, I mean, we're going to, I'm going to keep watching it, but it is super, super weird. Uh, and then I actually want to plug something you got on your guys' radar. Speaking of things on YouTube, there's a show called Sherwood that is coming out. I'm a bit of a Robin Hood fan. Ooh. And so this is a, uh, the, you know, if you really don't like any of the medieval elements of it at all, uh, this one is a more of an animated like and cartoon, like CG computer animated kind of show uh, on YouTube, pretty high production quality there. But uh, now Robin is now female and living in a post-apocalyptic digital type place. Hmm. Uh, And does he mine Bitcoin from the rich and 
transfer she it to the poor? actually <laughs> does do something very similar to that. Excellent. So she's a... Decreases she's a, the value of the rich totally. and increases the value the of the poor. Totally. She, well, she has a... She has a... She hacks. So she's mm. a hacker. And she's still running around... A celebrated non, non-illegal... Legal. No, no, definitely illegal. The sh- there is still a sheriff, and he is still hunting her down. Yeah. Uh, a cyber sheriff. Yeah, I guess kind of. <laughs> but I mean, it looked it looked kind of cool, and I was like, all right, this might be worth keeping an eye on. So I'm not I'm not saying like hey, everybody's gonna watch this, but like I think it's, you should go check out the trailer. Well, if he and he, if he can hold a candle to Alan Rickman's, um, it sheriff. cannot. Let's okay. be clear, it cannot. Mm. Okay, it is, mm. however, every bit as good, if not better, than the. Um, was the one with uh, from the guy from Gladiator? What's his name? Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Crow. Russell oh, Crowe's Robin Hood movie mm. better than that. Well, well, that's not that's not a high bar. Russell no. Crowe did a Robin Hood movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> Technically. When? A couple years ago. We yeah. don't speak of it. It's I know Kurt Russell's Robin Hood movie, <laughs> Prince of Thieves. Right? Wasn't that? Wait, that no. was uh, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Oh, okay. I interchanged them so much; it's not. Kev- not Kevin Costner <laughs> was uh, was also Alan Rickman was in the Kevin Costner. That was the good one. Yeah. yeah. And, that and one Kevin the Costner one being Robin Hood, I'm not even going to address that part, but Alan Rickman played the sheriff. Morgan Freeman was great as Azeem. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. He was fabulous. All of the random British people that got to play the other parts, also great. <laughs> it's just a shame so. that you know, it was Kevin. You know, out of all of it, honestly, Men in Tights is my favorite Robin I'm with you. I'm with you. I love it. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. So that is going to do it for us, guys. We want to give a big thank you to Tim, uh, who sacrificed so much to come join us this evening. It was Uh, hard. (laughs) He did a little bit. He did solid work. So Tim, and want to thank thejlmo.com, JLMO for being such a fantastic Patreon sponsor. (laughs) Her name is thejlmo.com. Listen, listen. She's pay. She sends us money to pay. I'm paying the bills, damn it. My my other half, my husband, is kind of like you know. He, he helps out a little bit, I guess. You know, I guess I could just give him a shout. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Uh, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> so I want to thank you guys both for coming out. Uh, thank you all, dear listeners. Uh, if you'd like to save the show, all we need to do is an extra $400 a month, <laughs> which is just, you know, quadruple our current stuff, and uh, we'll keep going. We just got to do that $100 a week, that's and we'll like, make it, right? That's like 40 people just need to give $10, or like 100 people need to give $4. That's right, that should deal. be fine. That should, should be perfectly, deal. yeah, that's, sure, what sure, we're, sure. that's what we're banking on. Uh, so until uh, next time, uh, this is Al Sterling saying people are stupid given proper motivation almost anyone will believe almost anything because people are stupid they will believe a lie because they want to believe it's true or because they're afraid it might be true people's heads are full of knowledge facts and beliefs and most of it is false yet they think it all true people are stupid they can only rely they can only rarely tell the difference between a lie and the truth and yet are confident that they can and so are all the easier to fool Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I've wanted to do that one for so long. That's from Terry Goodkind's Wizard's First Rule. And while calling people stupid for like 30 seconds into the show doesn't seem like a great idea, I just really wanted to do it, damn it. So there you go. I'm doing it anyway.